This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for the rich living word of God. As I come to teach this morning, I make it known that I am not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach. But I am trusting in you. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you for supernatural recall of the Scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, and clearly, penetrating every person's mind and the sound of my voice, bringing understanding and removing confusion that your word will penetrate every heart, bringing faith, dispelling all fear. And we'll be giving you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bible, please. To eyes, to, uh, let's see. Isaiah 10, 27. I'd like everybody, please, to realize the Holy Spirit will always come into the meeting if we give Him the opportunity to do so. Unfortunately, we don't always do that. Very few churches do. Say this, please, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your spirit upon our service, upon our lives, in a mighty way, without restriction. Dear Holy Spirit, please be free to work among us. Have your way and do what you want in our lives. We worship you. We honor you and reverence your, reverence your presence. Praise God. We are studying a subject titled, Who is the Holy Spirit? This is part three in our series. And when I get back to San Antonio, we'll continue with part four, right into Johannesburg from the USA. All right, Isaiah 10, 27. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. So what is a yoke? A yoke was used to span oxen together or to plow the fields. When they were finished plowing, they would remove the yoke to give the oxen rest. If the yoke was left on permanently, this would torment and stress out the oxen. A yoke can be bad habits, it can be sickness, poverty, bondage to sin, all kinds of addictions, and demonic oppression, etc. All these are yokes that restrict us, torment us, and stress us out. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing, the presence of God, sets 
people free. Let's find out what the many purposes are of the anointing. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Notice that he always leads us. God is continually guiding us by the Holy Spirit. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And through us the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to the world and to each other. Diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge. So the Holy Spirit is guiding us. He is our shepherd, leading us into green pastures besides the still waters. Still waters mean no crocodiles, no alligators. Green pastures mean no lions and bears. Nothing that's harmful. And then in that verse we learn that he's revealing Jesus to the world through us, diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. That's some of the purpose of the anointing. That's some of the reasons why the Holy Spirit was sent. Now go to 1 John verse 4, uh, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome the spirit of Antichrist. Because he who is in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he who is in the world. Say so that I have overcome the spirit of Antichrist. I have overcome demons and evil spirits because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Just because he lives in me, I am already an overcomer. You see, if you are born again by the Spirit of God, you are an overcomer. He is in you. God sees you as an overcomer because that's what Jesus paid for on the cross. Jesus paid for us to be overcomers. He died in defeat that we might have victory in life. We need to have our minds renewed to this. We need to get to a place where we believe that God's word is true and that God wants us to be victorious in this life. And Jesus also sent the Holy Spirit to make sure that we receive what he paid for on the cross. It's one thing for the Lord to pay for it, it's our legal inheritance, but it's another thing to actually walk in that. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to ensure that we walk in the victory, experience the victory that he paid for. God's anointing on you is God's ability on you to fulfill the call on your life. It's not by might, nor by power, but my, my spirit, says the Lord. So God's anointing on you 
It's God's ability working in you to carry out the purpose and plan of God for your life. And also, God's anointing on you is God's ability working for you to overcome the challenges that stand in your way of achieving what God has for you to do. So the anointing on you not only works the plan, but gives you the ability to overcome the obstacles along the way. How many of you have found that the devil doesn't want you to succeed? Anybody discovered that? Five of you. Well, I'm proud of you. All right, let's go to Matthew 16, verse 13. And Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ the son of the living God. Now remember, he was, to all appearances, just a man. Very few people realized that he was the son of God in that human body. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Watch that. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven revealed it to you. The Holy Spirit took that information from the Father and revealed it to Peter. And then Jesus makes this remarkable statement in verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades, hell, shall not prevail against the church. Now, I know there's many religions that teach that Jesus is building the rock or the rock is Peter that Jesus is building the church on. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, I'm building the entire church on you, Peter. You are the rock. No, he didn't say that. He's saying, in this portion of Scripture, the Holy Spirit will build the church on this revelation of who I am. The Holy Spirit will build the church on the revelation of who I am. The Holy Spirit revealing to each person that Jesus is not just a man. Like today, when you ask folks, have you heard of Jesus? Yes. Who was he? He was a good man or a prophet. Even false religions believe that. But few of them believe that he is the son of the living God. And that there's no way to the Father except through him. 
And Jesus said this, unless you believe that I am who I say I am, you have no life in you. Unless you believe that I am who I say I am, you have no life in you. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So on this rock, I'll build my church. All right, notice the following here in this portion of Scripture. Once again, the Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus. He told Peter who Jesus was. So he magnified Jesus by telling Peter who Jesus was. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He exalted Jesus. Say this, the main function of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus through our lives to this world and even to our hearts. Number two, Jesus built his church upon the revelation given by the Holy Spirit about who Jesus is. These words, Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God from verse 16. That is what Jesus is building his church on. See, when people come to the understanding that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, they get born into the family of God, and the church grows. They don't come into salvation by knowing about Peter. They come into salvation by knowing that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Are you with me? And then according to verse number 18, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That means every attempt, every attempt of Satan to stop the church of Jesus Christ from evangelizing the lost and growing and reaching lost souls will fail. Every attempt will fail. Because Jesus, the head of the church, said, Satan's roadblocks will not stop the church. That's final authority. All right. And if Satan's roadblocks will not stop the church, then he will not stop you. Lift your right hand and say, I am part of the church. You'll not stop me. So there's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's Isaiah 54, verse 17. Luke 4, verse 14. Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As his custom was. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. In other words, he looked for this place. The Lord Jesus is talking about, is about to read 
the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's about to read about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The prophet Isaiah prophesied the Holy Spirit would work through Jesus uh, when he came to the earth, and that's what he's about to read. Jesus is saying, I am the one, I am the one as I spoke about. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus, was not, I think there's a place missing out. No, there isn't. Okay, Jesus is saying, I'm the one spoken of by Isaiah the prophet in this portion of Scripture. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus, has not ceased. He continues to work in exactly the same way through us today. What we have just read and about to read, you should see and expect in your lives. Now, I have a glove in my hand here. We need to see ourselves like the glove on the hand of the Holy Spirit. Completely available to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Say that, I am a glove on the hand of the Holy Spirit. I must allow the Holy Spirit freedom to work through my life. Say this, I surrender to you, Holy Spirit, to work through me freely. All right, let's go back to Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to teach liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit has anointed me. He works through me, because he is a man yielded to the Spirit of God. Anointed me to preach. We should expect that the Holy Spirit has anointed us to testify, to heal. So this, the Holy Spirit has anointed me to heal. To proclaim the liberty of captives. In other words, to teach them into freedom. Recovery of sight to the blind. So that the anointing of God is upon me to heal blind eyes. To set liberty those who are oppressed. So this anointing upon me is to cast out demons. And break the yoke of bondage in the lives of people. Verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What's that about? The Lord Jesus is explaining what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. The year of Jubilee is the year of God's grace. When all debt was canceled. When all slaves were set free. When all property was returned to the original owner. And you can see that in Leviticus 25. The year of Jubilee is a type of this dispensation. From the time of Calvary until now. From the time of the crucifixion until today. Is the dispensation of the grace of God or 
the Jubilee period. This is the fulfillment of those types and shadows. We are living in the Jubilee dispensation of the grace of God. Say that I'm living in the grace of God. All right, let's go back to Luke 4, verse 20. Then Jesus closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. Who is that? That would be the pastor of the, equivalent to the pastor, the rabbi, etc. And he sat down. And the eyes of all were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now you can imagine he reads that. And the whole synagogue is just glued to Jesus. What's this about? In verse 21, And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am the one Isaiah was talking about. I have come. He read that portion of scripture, which we just read now from Luke. We read that out of Isaiah. One of the occasions that Jesus appeared to Kenneth E. Hagen, and I know of about a dozen times that Jesus appeared to Kenneth E. Hagen. Jesus told Kenneth E. Hagen this in one of those accounts. He said, Every Sabbath I went into a different synagogue, and the first thing I did was read Isaiah's prophecy about myself. To that synagogue. The first thing I did. Which tells me this is important. We need to understand the Holy Spirit that worked through Jesus is here today to work through the body of Christ again. Now there's a question here. Why would the Lord Jesus need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit? Why would he need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit? Is he not the Son of God? We just heard that he is. Of course he is. Yes, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. However, he laid aside his deity and took the form of a man to become the sacrifice for our sins. Before Jesus was baptized by John River Jordan, there's no record of Jesus ever doing any miracles in those 30 years. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus as he came up out of the waters of baptism in the Jordan River, and then the miracles began. We can see that in Philippians 2 verse 7. It says, But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death, the death of a cross. The same portion of Scripture in the Amplified says, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity, so as to become, so as to assume the guise of a servant, Slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. 
In Mark 11, Jesus went up to a fig tree to see if it had figs on it. If Jesus was operating in his godly powers, he would know there's no figs on that tree. It was possible for Jesus to sin. He said he was tempted in all points as we were, we were yet he never sinned. If he was tempted, that means it was possible to sin. He never sinned, though. That proves he's human. God cannot be tempted to sin. But he was able to sin, and he did not. Now, when the Lord Jesus appeared to Kevin Sadai, he explained how Satan tormented him those three days in hell. After he left the cross, he went to the fires of hell in our place for three days. And Satan tormented Jesus in those flames. Satan told Jesus that God had abandoned him, that he was not the Son of God. The Lord Jesus had to quote to himself the scriptures he had memorized about himself who he was and his ministry on earth in order to stay sane because he was cut off from God, had no revelation operating. The Holy Spirit was not with him. He was in death. Psalm 16.10 says, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. Acts 2.27 because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, the New Living Translation says, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. Acts 2.31, David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him, the Messiah, among the dead in hell, or allow his body to rot in the grave. Yes, Jesus needed the ministry of the Holy Spirit on his life because he became a human being. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So God anointed Jesus, humanity, with the Holy Spirit and power. Now the Lord Jesus acknowledged the working of the Holy Spirit in his life. In Matthew, 28, Matthew 12, 28, I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. He didn't say I cast out demons by my power. I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. All right, let's see how that worked. Luke 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Sire, Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch Jesus for power went out from him and healed them all. So they just sought to touch him. And the power flowed from him and healed them. 
He didn't pray. He didn't pray. They didn't even ask for prayer. They just touched him. Power felt, flowed out. That's the anointing. Matthew 14, 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they went out into, into all that surrounding region, brought to Jesus all who were sick, and begged him that they might touch only the hem of his garment. And as many as touched the hem of his garment were made perfectly well. Were made perfectly well. So we can see from this study today that Jesus allowed the Holy Spirit to work supernaturally, freely through his life. Now, next weekend, we're going to learn that that same Holy Spirit that did the works in Jesus' life is with us to do the same works in our life. A very powerful, informative message about the power of the Holy Spirit ready now to work through the body of Christ the same way he worked through Jesus. The anointing breaks the yoke. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 